We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. It's time for the latest buzz on pets from around the corner, down the block, and across the world with award-winning journalist, author, speaker, educator, and host, Arden Moore. Arden has twice been named by Oprah Winfrey as one of her top three pet hosts. The New York Times has named Arden one of their top ten hosts. And just this year, the Dog Writers Association of America has given this show, Four-Legged Life, its top radio award. Arden is driven to live her motto, Bringing out the best in pets and their people. So snuggle up with your favorite fur baby, because it's time for another episode of Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life. And we'd like to thank our sponsors this week, Tevra Pet, for a happier and healthier pet. Online at tevrapet.com. And also by Soda Pup, committed to providing top quality American-made toys and enrichment products you can trust. Online at sodapup.com. And also our good friend Janice at Save My Pet ID Tag. Your pets are never alone when you own Save My Pet ID Tag. Online at SaveMyPetIDTag.com. What's up, pet pals? Welcome to Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life Show. Yep, it's me, Arden Moore. Now, during walks, does your dog lunge aggressively at another dog approaching or just become super excited and squeal with delight when spotting another dog? As you're about to learn from our special guest, both situations characterize reactivity in dogs. Now, what can we do to make our walks with our dogs more civilized? For answers, we welcome the co-founders of The Real Dog Nerds, Dr. Lisa Rodasta and Mindy Cox. Welcome to the show, ladies. Thanks, Arden. I'm happy to be here. Hi, Mindy. (laughs) Hi, ladies. Thank you so much for inviting us. You know, there's a lot of things uh, we can address about behavior in our dogs, but I was just over the moon when I saw that you have a comprehensive program spelling out all the steps to help reactivity in dogs. We could cover tons of things, but this ish, this episode, everyone, is being devoted to that because it's a big deal. I'm going to start with uh, Dr. Lisa for 200, please. I sound like Jeopardy. Just in general, what is canine reactivity? It's a blanket term. So as you know, Arden, I'm not very tall, so I'm going to use this example, right? So short. What is short? I'm five feet tall. That's short to some people. To some people, four and a half feet tall is short, right? It just depends on your perspective. So reactivity, we think of reactivity as any kind of overexcitement, over arousal, over the top, out of context behavior. And that could be on a leash or in the house. Now, the course that we have with dog nerds, of course, is just for on the leash. So those dogs might be excited. 
They might be frustrated because they want to play and they want to get to the person or the dog, and they've never been taught to be calm and to have impulse control. They might be fearful. They might have adopted best defense is a good offense strategy. We adopt that as humans. So do dogs. They might be afraid of stuff in the environment, cars, trucks, motorcycles, construction. So there's all of these different causes for this blanket term of you're a bit out of control. Your behavior is out of context for the situation while you're outside on the leash. Wow. And you and I are about the same height. So we both have tall phone voices. And I love that. <laughs> Mindy, you want to add to that? Because there's a lot of different topics in for dogs. And both of, we're going to get into both of your backgrounds in a bit. But I think this one has been one that hasn't been properly, thoroughly addressed. So I'm I'm really excited that you all are taking it on. Uh, you're right. It hasn't been addressed enough. Uh, a lot of people don't know what to do. Um, there are some trainers that are really adept and other trainers, it's a little bit out of their uh, usual feel to handle these dogs. Uh, one of the most important things that we like to express to people is that it is not a choice the dog is making. The dog is out of control. So it's really important because, you know, emotions control actions. And it's, I really appreciate that you said that because it isn't them plotting. It's like, oh my gosh, I can't control myself. Right. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And there are certain things we'll probably talk about that make it worse that a lot of a lot of pet parents automatically go towards certain strategies that actually make these dogs worse. So So that's what let's do a few don'ts before we launch into a few do's. So, Mindy, give us a couple of things we should never do with a reactive dog on a leash. The thing to remember is no matter what the cause that uh, Lisa discussed a moment ago, all of these dogs are under a great deal of stress. So the worst thing you can do is anything that creates more stress in the dog. For instance, your dog is lunging at another dog, whether out of fear, anxiety, or excitement it does not help to start yanking on that leash really hard and yelling at the dog. Here's the thing. Throw your shock collar in the garbage, roll it over with your car as long as it won't puncture your tire, go down to the dump and relinquish it. Dogs who are out of context, I don't care if they're fearful, frustrated, whatever, you hurting them is most certainly not going to help, but it gets worse. It's going to hurt. And I don't just mean physically, I mean that it's going to make the dog's behavior worse. The dogs that we see at our practice, Mindy was a dog trainer for, is a dog trainer, but has been doing it for decades. We did it together, taught classes. The dogs that have been trained with shock are much harder to treat. They really struggle with getting better. Shock is traumatic. So bye-bye to that. Number two, like Mindy said, don't be yanking on your dog yelling at your dog. I know you're frustrated because I get easily frustrated. So I know that feeling of like, just stop doing that. But that doesn't help. So think about if you had a toddler and when you have a toddler throwing a temper tantrum, 
If you yell at them, it does not make the tantrum better. It causes escalation. It's gasoline on the fire. So but bye to that. Number three, stop blaming yourself. It's not all about you. It's about what's happening inside your dog. And as soon as you accept it's not about you, then you open the space to say, I can fix it. Well said. And, you know, you need everyone to seek advice from professionals. And if you look at uh, Dr. Lisa Rodasta, she's got a lot of Vanna White initials after her name. She is a veterinarian. She's born one of the very few certified veterinary behaviorists on our planet. And when you take a look at um, uh, Mindy, oh my gosh, Mindy, you also got alphabet soup after your name, you know, being a certified uh, dog trainer, you have a master's in veterinary anatomy. I mean, these ladies are on our show because they're here to help us with reactivity. And I want to do, before we take a quick break, give a quick shout out. Lisa, tell us about the Florida Veterinary Behavior Service. It's based in, I think, West Palm Beach. Yeah, we have a West Palm Beach and a Coral Springs location. And we see patients that have all kinds of behavior problems. Matter of fact, I'm seeing a raccoon in a couple of weeks. I'm excited about that. So I saw a monkey a couple of uh, weeks. I saw a shark once. So we see everything. We see mostly dogs and cats, but I get to see some cool animals. But I think that what I want people to know across the country who are not in our area is that our website and the dog nerds, the real dog those websites are full of free resources. So you're like, ah, I don't know what to do. There's articles, there's blogs, Dog Nerds and FEBS, so our clinical practice, we have YouTube channels. So there's yeah, free stuff everywhere. everywhere for you if you just search Dog Nerds or you search my name or if you search Florida Veterinary Behavior Service. And also, of course, Instagram, Facebook. You can follow me. You can follow Dog Nerds. It's free information that will help you. And I'm super great you resources. To check out therealdognerds.com after the show. So we're going to dive in deeper about reactivity in our dogs after we take this break. You all know the drill. Sit, stay. We'll be right back. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Got dog? One of the best ways to show your pet how much you love them is to take a pet first aid class. Arden Moore is a master certified pet first aid CPR instructor and founder of Pet First Aid for You. Very cool! These classes are fun and practical and feature pet safety dog Kona and cat Casey. No way! Yes, a real dog and cat teaching duo. Wait, Wait, what? All classes are veterinarian approved and are available in person or via Zoom. Ready to sign up for a class? (laughs) 
Sorry, it's, it's just for people. Arden Moore's Pet First Aid for You classes are proudly supported by Zinzi Pie's Save My Pet ID Tags. Pet parents who wear Zinzi Pie's Save My Pet ID Tags in bracelet, keychain, and pendant versions are assured that their beloved fur babies will continue to receive the loving care that they deserve, even if the pet parents are not able to provide it. Online at SaveMyPetIDTag.com. Welcome back to the Four-Legged Life Show. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Two dynamite guests on our show, Dr. Lisa Radasta and Mindy Cox. They're both the Real Dog Nerds co-founders. We've talked about their stellar credentials. On the site, therealdognerds.com, there is a huge section about canine reactivity. And what I love is that you actually do it by zones of color. So we're, we have the red, the orange, the yellow, and the green. I was trying to do my homework, ladies. So for let's talk about what are, what are characteristics of red and orange zones, Dr. Lisa. And then, Mindy, you get the yellow and the green. How's that? Very colorful. What's a red zone when it comes to dog reactivity, Dr. Yeah, Lisa? so, you know, Mindy took our stress ladder that we have. We have this kind of stress diagram from our course, and she put it into these wonderful schematics with images that you can find on our website on therealdognerds.com so that you want to stay in the Mindy zone, the yellow and the green <laughs> with your dog. You do not want to be in my zone, right? That, mm, that orange and red right? The red (laughs) zone is how you feel when you're out of control. So think of it that way and we'll apply it to your dog. For example, you're driving to work and you have to drop your child off at school. Your child didn't get up. You're late for work. Okay. Now you get your kid to school and there's a huge accident. Now you're more late for work, (laughs) but you remember that you were overcharged on your cell phone bill. So you say, I'm going to call the company from the car. I'm sitting in traffic. It's a parking lot on the turnpike. You call the company. They transfer you three times. They disconnect you and you call back. Think of your mental state when you call back. You're taking somebody's head off. You don't even care if they're nice, right? You're out of control. That's the red zone. So when your dog is in the red zone, it's too late. You need to go home. You need to do whatever you can do to get your dog out of the situation. There is no learning that's occurring. You cannot make it better except to get out or distract your dog so you can get out. Orange zones, we're going from worst to best. Orange zone is kind of just before the red zone where you might have a chance of getting your dog to turn away from something with food or with a toy but if you don't act right now to get your dog out of the situation, it is going to be a really negative experience. And before I turn it over to Mindy, I just want to say, look, learning is always occurring and emotional learning can be really lovely and it can be really horrible. And the emotional learning that occurs in the orange and the red zone is that bad kind of learning where the dog learns that that reaction is the only way. It's the only way to interact with that stimulus. So we never want to be in the orange and the red zone. Well put, well put. Now, let's go on the improvement path. Uh, Take over, Mindy. 
Tell us briefly what's characterized by a, a reactive dog that may be in the yellow zone and please, please, the green zone. Okay. So I'd like to actually start in green and then okay. meet and then meet Lisa and Orange. Okay. So the green zone is that dog who is out on a walk or wherever they may be is calm, is relaxed, is sniffing, is taking treats, is listening to cues that the owner might give it. It's really just zen. Okay. That's where we all want to be, right? When we're having a great day, this is us in the green zone. Nothing is bothering us. A, A few minor issues that come up, we handle them. Now, If that dog goes out and it already has a predilection to being a little bit stressed or something occurs in the environment, even to your, quote, neurotypical dog, now that dog is starting to get a little bit more focused. They see something. It could be a squirrel. It could be another. Yeah, It could be another dog. It could be anything. But all of a sudden, they're a little bit more alert. They're paying a little bit closer attention. They're still taking treats. They're still listening. Perhaps, though, their listening skills are a little bit slower. But they can usually be distracted and brought back unless that escalates further. And then they're getting a little bit more towards the orange zone. And you can see the body language begin to change in these dogs as they climb up that stress ladder. I have a friend, a shout out to Jocelyn Shannon, and she's actually in Carlsbad, California. She has a shelter rescue, I call them shelter alums, named Benny, who I have Benny envy because Benny just walks, trots on a leash, doesn't minds his own business, and he does everything right. So here is my canine confession. I have a great dog. Her name is Kona. She's a 35-pound terrier mix. She's eight years old. And after our big dog, Bujo, passed away, our Bernie's mountain dog mix, she has become super excited on a leash whenever we take her for a neighborhood walk to the point that we were all watching the little funky little Forest Hill parade in our neighborhood that lasts all of seven minutes. It's very small. And people bring their dogs and everybody sits and cheers and everything. I had to embarrassingly take Kona home because she was squealing every time she saw a dog. And yet this is the same dog who's a therapy dog who teaches pet first aid with me, who can walk into what a great dog training center and mind her manners, mind her business with other dogs all around her. It's almost like she knows when she's off the clock, it's time to get giddy. Remembering that you can't change everything about your dog because you can't go in and change the DNA. Okay. That's number one. Number two, let's think about acceptance because what I hear, I would say, 75% of the people that enter my clinic that come to this referral practice say to me, 90% of the time, my dog is an amazing dog. What you say about Kona. Well, you know what? 
So that's pretty good. 90%. Okay. And, and they say, but in this one instance, so then I said to my client the other day, I said, okay, you want your dog to go to a parade. To what end? That's what I always ask myself for my own life, for my pets, for my patients. To what end? What purpose does it serve for your pet to go to that parade? And once we work through it in the exam room, we realize there's no purpose for the dog to go to the parade. The purpose is for the person. The person has an expectation, right? Your dog is a great dog, not yours particular, but our dogs are great dogs. They have these little faults. So do we get over that and accept that. And in not taking your dog to the dog park, the dog beach, the coffee place, a parade, if it doesn't bring your dog joy. Hey, um, we're speaking with Dr. Lisa Rodasta and uh, Mindy Cox. They are the real dog nerds. And I will tell you, Kona got to stay home this year at the parade. I didn't want to stress her out. And we're going to dive in more about canine reactivity after we take this break. Sit, stay. We'll be right back. This is Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life. And you know, Arden doesn't really like to strut her stuff on the catwalk, so we'll do it for her. Through the years, Arden has won countless writing awards in the annual CWA contests, as well as the Dog Writers Association of America. Arden has twice been named by Oprah Winfrey as one of her top three pet hosts. The New York Times has named Arden one of their top ten hosts. And just this year, the Dog Writers Association of America has given this show, Four-Legged Life, its top radio award. We're proud to let you know Arden is driven to live out her motto, bringing out the best in pets and their people. This is Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life. Our website is fourleggedlife.com. That's fourleggedlife.com. Welcome back to the Four-Legged Life Show. I'm your host, Arden Moore. I really appreciate both of you being here on the show. We have Mindy Cox and Dr. Lisa Radasta. And you want to quickly tell people what Fear Free, the program is all about, Dr. Lisa? Yeah. So Fear Free is an actual company, right? And they certify veterinarians and veterinary technicians and groomers and trainers. So if you're looking for someone who is fear-free certified, you can go to fearfreehappyhomes.com. But the fear-free mentality is to recognize that animals have emotions and that those emotions affect our quality of life, sometimes in negative ways, and to guide our interactions with our pets in every aspect of their lives with a fear-free foundation. So fearfreehappyhomes.com has tons. I like, you can tell I like the word free, tons of free resources that are really, (laughs) really good. So the book that we wrote together, Marty and Weilani Sung, Mikkel Becker and I, is it's kind of like that manual. It's readable. It's got pictures. It's got handouts. So you have a good foundation as to how to start. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I have at least four Arden Moore books sitting 
on my bookshelf <laughs> right now. At least four, at least. Well, I keep I writing. I need to that. write a book. You do. Yes. <laughs> you got everything. And that's a good transition, uh, Mindy, because like Dr. Lisa, Mindy, like Dr. Lisa, I know that you have a lot of credentials. I know you both grew up with a love of all kinds of animals, sentient beings, even an injured red-tailed hawk, I guess, as a little kid. So I want to ask you, Mindy, you've got degrees, you've got certifications. What makes you be in this line of, of, of help for people and their pets? This particular behavior or animals in particular? Animals. Yeah. Animals in general. So, you know, Lisa was talking about hardwiring, right? Mm -hmm. So I think most of us that are in any animal business grew up hardwired to be just drawn to animals. When I grew up in the city... Well, just outside this city, this is going to sound really strange, but I didn't. Uh, Queens, New York. So I didn't have a lot of access to animals. My parents didn't grow up with animals. I didn't have a pet. This may surprise you. My first pet was an earthworm. That, Did you? That's how much I know. That's how much I was desperate for some kind of pet. It was an earthworm. After that, my parents felt sorry for me, and I got a hamster. So there you go. But uh, I got into the field uh, because it was natural. I was. I started with my husband, who's a veterinarian, in an animal hospital, which we had for decades. A very large animal hospital in Jupiter, Florida, and I ran it. I was the hospital administrator. And I slowly began to become much more interested in behavior. And that became a huge calling for me. And uh, so I, I started work in that. I got two certifications as a professional dog trainer from one of the most accepted uh, certification uh, associations. And... Lisa and I, you know, Lisa is my mentor. I also learned a ton about behavior from Lisa. And we work together, as as, uh, she's mentioned, uh, on a reactive dog class, in-person class. And it's from that that we decided to make it online to reach more people because we realized our classes were constantly packed with a waiting list. And we realized it was such a huge issue that we got together to put it online. Yeah. Before we dive in more about reactivity, uh, Dr. Lisa, it's great to have a a partner, isn't it? Because this is a you're covering a lot in in behavior. But tell us your your connection to to Mindy and how the two of you are a stronger force. Yeah. So I don't remember how we met probably through Harmony, probably through the animal hospital that Mindy and Dave, her husband um, owned. But what I will go to is the collaboration because I also want to remind people of how to look for a a dog training professional. And this collaboration to me is a big kind of plus for dog training professionals. So I don't want to surround myself with yes people. And Mindy is not a yes person. As my friend, if I come for personal advice, 
or as a a behavior professional. So we throw ideas off each other and we question each other and we make each other think, is that true? What we believe to be true? Because a lot of times in life, boy, we believe something to be true and find out it's not. And so we really question each other. And from there blooms ideas. What would you do with that dog? What did you see? Well, I saw this. Oh, my back was turned. I didn't see that. What did the pet parent do? Having a partner just makes everything better. And I did a series of how to find a good dog trained professional on my Instagram and Facebook, which is at Dr. Lisa Rodasta. We've made that into a YouTube video that also has a blog, which you can find on the realdognerds.com. And one of the things I talked about was collaboration. We want to choose dog training professionals, whether reactivity or otherwise, that are willing to refer. So when you, yes, when you, let's say that you are and take our course, you may also want to have a dog training professional come once a month and watch you in person. Let's just say you want to do that. That dog training professional maybe can take you all the way, or she might reach the limits of her knowledge. We want her or him or they to be able to say, there's another person that I feel comfortable mm-hmm. referring you to. To me, that is one of the criteria of hiring any professional as that I stay in my lane, right? I don't do surgery. I'm a psychiatrist. I refer. I want the same thing in a dog trained professional so that you know that they will kind of collaborate with others, which is only going to be better for your dog. And, you know, I am a master instructor in pet first aid, but I'm not a veterinarian and I don't play one on TV. And I see what my lane is and I see what you're saying there. So in my classes, people learn what to do when O happens to render aid right there and to safely transport that pet to the nearest veterinary clinic. And I think what you're saying too is it takes a village and we shouldn't be guilting ourselves if we have a reactive dog. And the other thing I'm hearing from you is don't be taking anybody's advice. Joe Bob Billy, there you go. And if your name is Joe Bob Billy out there, nothing against you, nothing (laughs) against you, you know. But what I'm saying is I don't want to take advice I want to take guidance and coaching from people like Dr. Lisa and Mindy that have been schooled in these areas. And and I think that's really important. We're going to find out, hopefully you guys can share a success story. And we want to dive in on how people can take your online course after we take this break. Sit, stay. We'll be right back. This is Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life. And now you never have to miss not even one second of any episode. Why? We're on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. (laughs) Bringing out the best in pets and their people, this is Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life. This is Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life, and they're finally here. Arden has two new books. Pause up, pet pals. Arden Moore here, unleashing my latest books to help you better understand why your pets are doing what they're doing. The books are called The Dog Behavior Answer Book and The Cat Behavior Answer Book. Does your dog have you begging for answers? Are you confounded by your cat's actions? 
you have questions. I have the answers. The books are in a question and answer format. So make sure to get your paws on the Dog Behavior Answer Book and the Cat Behavior Answer Book. Available now at Amazon.com, other great book outlets, and of course, our website, fourleggedlife.com. Pause up. Welcome back to the Four-Legged Life Show. I'm your host, Arden Moore. We have two great people here helping us and helping our dogs, Dr. Lisa Rodasta and Mindy Cox from The Real Dog Nerds. Also, please, if you're in the uh, Florida area, the Florida Veterinary Behavior Service, that's the center that Dr. Lisa runs. But as uh, Mindy has said, these two have made it available online, social media, everything. So we have solid answers and guidance from definitely well-schooled um, experts in our guest. Dr. Lisa, you go first. Do you have a quick uh, success story about a reactive dog? And then, Mindy, if you can think of one with a different issue for reactivity. And if you have to change the names to protect the innocent <laughs> canines, go for it. Well, so Arden, you know me, so I'm going to stand on the soapbox. I always stand on. I'm going to give the floor to Mindy in a second to talk about the successes we've had with the methods we use in the course. But I just want to remind people that sick dogs act weird. So I had a dog come in for reactivity. This is extremely common. Reactivity is the pandemic in dogs. Okay. It's all over the world. And I watched him. I couldn't touch him. He's too aggressive. He was reacting too much in the exam room. So we talked about sedation. We're talking, we're talking. I'm watching him walk and I'm seeing that he's shifting weight in the back. Like when a dog stands up, they generally stand. So they don't like a horse off, off, put that weight onto one leg. They don't do that, right? So I saw that he would shift onto the left hind and I'd see his toes would be more splayed. That's a telltale sign, more splayed on the right than the left. Then he would shift. And I said, I'm worried your dog is painful. This is my biggest concern right now. We got to work this out. We will deal with the reactivity. I'll alleviate some of the anxiety and fear now, but this is not, this is no bueno, right? So that's my term. Yeah. So then we sedated him, arthritis, moderate, both hips and in one of the elbows. I put him on two pain medication. He's cured. He's cured. Awesome. Thank you for doing that. You You got to go to the vet. You got to demand the tests. Dogs who are scared and you can't touch. In the veterinary clinic, we can't do an exam. That means you have to go straight to the test, right? You can't say, oh, my dog's not painful. You don't know. Right. Your dog can't speak English. All right? And off to Mindy. Well, well, first, well said, because rule out any medical underlying condition. That's your point. And I love that. All right, Mindy, take it away. Well, I piggyback on that because it made me think about a case that I worked on. And we work on a lot of cases together um, because I often get referrals from the veterinarians at Florida Veterinary Behavior. Um, but anyway, I was working with this uh, dog. And the first thing we do is take a really good history. And sometimes we get a lot just from that history. And sometimes you get a lot, obviously, by observing the dog. 
So they brought it in with the sole um, problem that the dog reacted, was hypervigilant outside and reacted quickly to things it saw. But what I noticed were, was when we were working together quietly in the, in the uh, pet parent's home was how worried the dog was at noises, with noises he heard and sounds that he heard. And I think this, not I think, I know that this was ramping up the dog's anxiety and making him even much worse. So he would go out already stressed by things he was hearing inside the house. So we worked on both of those issues. We worked on on uh, changing the inside environment in a lot of different ways, calming the dog down, starting not just walking out the door, but starting at the door, being calmer, being more controlled, being more zen. And just these few things that we did. And then, of course, strategies for outside, for the hypervigilance and the over-responsiveness to the environment. Putting all of that together, the dog became, I would say, 80% better easily. And now that's huge because sometimes it's hard to get 100%. We have heard those stories that people have used these techniques that we've given them. And we'll get maybe an email or a phone call a year later and say, and uh, I remember one in particular, her name was Laura, and she had this dog um, and she she emailed us about a year later and said, I continue to work on the program and my dog kept getting better and better and better. And now I can go to agility with my dog. I can trial in agility with my dog and he's perfectly calm now. So, you know, Thanks. your story may vary, of course, but, you know. So we're talking to Dr. Lisa Rodasta and uh, Mindy Cox of The Real Dog Nerds. We just have a few minutes left in the show. It goes by really fast. I want people who are tuning in because people are tuning in from literally all over the world. If you're not living in South Florida and be able to see them in person, Dr. Lisa, tell us about how this program, how you can sign up for it. It's very affordable and you can bounce out anytime because Kona and I are interested and we're going to sign up. So you just go to therealdognerds.com and you can click on, is it still solutions, Mindy? The tab says solutions and then you see all the courses that we have. And this is from reactive to sensational. And we have a, a seven day trial for free. So you can start, get started. And I, I want to say too, I find as I'm like, reading the emails that come to me and on television, everything's about personalization. So I want to remind you to personalize your dog's plan, whether it's with our course or otherwise. A lot of us get very excited and hyped up and we want to achieve the gold standard. The gold standard is what works for your dog. And if what works for your dog is luring your dog for the rest of your dog's life, holding a treat its nose and turning it, I'm good. You don't have to do more. If you want to go all the way to Olympic level, you can do that. The course will take you there. It's what's right for you and your dog, not what's right for someone else or someone else's expectation. But this is a lot of work that you're both doing. And just quickly, uh, Mindy, 
I mean, this is not a, this was a comprehensive course. I mean, there's a whole checklist on there. They've got the color zones. You gave a lot of information. There's a nice welcome video from Dr. Lisa. Anything you want to say about, I mean, you put a lot of blood, sweat, and, and tears into this, Mindy. I'd say we put our heart and soul into it, and we don't even sit back after it's done. We relook at it. We decide, is this working? Do we need to adjust that a little bit? So we're always looking to improve it. And we love feedback, by the way. We love feedback about from people who are taking the course or have taken the course. And we answer every email from people taking the course. We answer their questions. We help them. So I want to point that out because that's huge. We didn't just put a course out there. We're still involved. Hey, we got a minute left. What's a quick message each one of us, each one of you want to give to our our listeners out there that are so blessed to have a dog or more in their life. Mindy, you're up first and then finish strong, Dr. Lisa. I just want to say, I want you to put yourself in your dog's paws for a day. Try to figure out what the world looks like from your dog's eyes. Cut them a little slack and quit labeling them because labels, stubborn, difficult, whatever, are not helpful. I like that. And Dr. Lisa? I would like you to today and maybe every day find three fantastic things about your dog so that the scales will be tipped toward the wonderful things about your dog that will keep your mental state and your attitude positive so that you can help your dog. That's our show for today. I want to give a special thanks to our guest, Dr. Lisa Radasta and Mindy Cox. Big, big thanks to all you radio stations coast to coast airing our show. We keep picking up new stations every week, and we thank you. And most of all, to all of you pet pals for tuning in to our show. It's also available on YouTube. You can check out fourleggedlife.com. And until next time, this is your host, Arden Moore, delivering just two words to all you two, three, and four-leggers out there. Pause up! Thanks for listening to this episode of Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life. And we'd like to thank our sponsors this week, Tevra Pet, for a happier and healthier pet. Online at tevrapet.com. And also by Soda Pup, committed to providing top quality American-made toys and enrichment products you can trust. Online at sodapup.com. And also our good friend Janice at Save My Pet ID Tag. Your pets are never alone when you own Save My Pet ID Tag. Online at SaveMyPetIDTag.com. For more information about the host, to listen to past programs, and watch video versions of our guest interviews, our website is FourLeggedLife.com. And have a pawsome week. <laughs>